You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You love them, you hate them, and you can't stop talking about them. Announcers, analysts, pundits, they're all fair game. It's Sports Media Mayhem with Alex Reamer. Time to let it rip. So we'll see what happens there with David Ortiz and if he continues to ratchet up the pressure on the Red Sox. Uh, One team that opted to not face the pressure at all from the media or really face any questions from the media uh, this week was the New York Knicks, who did not opt to hold a press conference when introducing their new free agent signing, Jalen Brunson, who they gave over $100 million to. Instead, the Knicks made his introduction a special on the MSG network, which, of course, they own. And that is just really, really ridiculous. I mean, what could they be hiding? We know about how these introductory press conferences go. Tough questions are seldom asked. It's really a feel-good event. It's a dog and pony show. But the Knicks didn't want to engage in that at all. They introduced Jalen Brunson, their star off-season free agent signing, on a closed special on the team-owned MSG network. I mean, that is a weak look. It's a weak look for the Knicks, first and foremost. And it's a weak look for Jalen Brunson, too. I mean, you come to New York, you're supposed to deal with the pressure of playing in New York, being with the Knicks, all the media scrutiny. And the team shields you for what should be, again, the easiest press conference you ever do as a member of the Knicks, your introductory presser. I mean, what tough questions could Jalen Brunson possibly be asked? You know, would people ask him why he thinks he's worth the money? Would they maybe try to sneak in a question about Donovan Mitchell, who the Knicks were reportedly pursuing as well? I mean, that stuff that Brunson could answer. That stuff that management should be able to answer. And the troubling thing about this is with the proliferation of T-Mone's networks, and there are so many team-owned regional sports networks, I think we're just going to see more of this. You know, it ties into what I was saying a couple minutes ago with David Ortiz. The wall has never been greater between athletes and media members, and the same thing applies to teams and media members. The wall has never been greater. Teams can really insulate themselves. They own their own regional sports networks. They all own major web platforms. The leagues all own their networks. I think one of the more interesting anecdotes to come from the Adam Schefter profile that I talked about last week, the Schefter piece in the Washington Post, which was very revealing for a number of reasons, talks about how it works between the NFL 
an NFL network. And when Schefter left at the NFL network, uh, the NFL actually took his phone and deleted all his contacts. And yep, you have to start anew. And if you work for the NFL network and NFL media, they can feed you news. I think there was an anecdote in that article where Jerry Jones talked about the importance in a league meeting about feeding the NFL network news when it was started to develop its legitimacy. Major League Baseball is the MLB network. NBA is NBA TV. Go on down the line. There are partnership agreements everywhere. The lines are so crossed these days that even if you do hold a regular press conference, like the Knicks should have held with Jalen Brunson, there are so many different agendas in there anyway, many of which line up with what the player and team want to do, and that is promote, promote, promote. So you're just going to continue to see more of this sterilized environment where journalists are shut out. It's no, you know, no non-team affiliated cameras or microphones allowed. And it just creates this culture of propaganda. And it really takes the journalism out of sports journalism. I mean, we are now are pretty much in a world where traveling sports writers, you, you can watch some practice, you go see a game, but and you can work the locker room, but it's not nearly as much time as it used to be. There are far fewer opportunities than there used to be. There are so many people looking to work the room as well, it becomes really impersonal. And what becomes really impersonal, you just don't get a lot of the insightful anecdotes that you get that tell you a lot about who athletes actually are. And what you do get is you get a lot of blowups. Like we see a few times during the NBA playoffs, players being very curt to reporters at press conferences because there's just such a power imbalance there, right? The player is at the podium. The reporter is at the seat. It's like when you go see your boss and he's sitting at the big the big desk and you're sitting at the little chair way at the end of it and you look so small in comparison to them. It's the same kind of concept. And, and as a result, athletes feel like they can berate media members from that podium because they don't know them anyway. And they're just little gnats. And I think the team's happily feed into that mentality. And an example is, again, doing what the Knicks did with Jalen Brunson by not even having him answer questions from the press in what, again, would be the easiest press conference he's ever conducted as a member of the Knicks. So that is a weak move from the New York Knicks, though. Those who follow the Knicks probably cannot expect anything less. But again, the real worrisome thing is it's not just the Knicks. I think we're going to see probably more teams do things like this. I mean, even the Red Sox, they, they seldom hold press conferences. They uh, they sign free agents, fire managers, and don't explain it to the press. So it's just not the Knicks. But this is a very transparent effort by the Knicks, and a very obvious effort by the Knicks to totally shut the, the media out. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Um, the last point I want to talk about here on the show this week is Charles Barkley. This is... Huge news potentially. Who would have thunk that Joe Buck and Troy Aikman leaving Fox for ESPN 
might be the second biggest media move when all is said and done this year. And that is because Charles Barkley could leave inside the NBA for Live Golf, the Saudi-backed upstart golf league that has been poaching stars from the PGA Tour. Dan Patrick on his radio show this week said it's a possibility. He said, quote, so if you're going to go after Charles Barkley, you don't have a TV deal and you have David Faraday, what are you going to give Charles Barkley? And Charles Barkley says he's going to listen to them. I believe tomorrow night he'll decide what he's going to do and he might have to leave TNT. That's why this is a huge deal. And Charles knows that he may have to leave TNT to do this. So that's Dan Patrick speaking on Tuesday about Charles Barkley. So this decision could be imminent. And obviously, Charles Barkley can do what he wants. And maybe what Charles Barkley wants is to leave inside the NBA and work for Live Golf for a crap ton of money. He's going to be 60 years old next year. He's been on inside the NBA for years and years. He's been around the NBA for decades upon decades. We know he loves golf. So maybe Charles says, hey, at this point in my career, I don't care. I'm just going to make as much money as I can doing this. And I don't care if I'm irrelevant because I've been relevant my whole life. And I will enjoy just milking as much money as I can out of live golf. And maybe that's the case. And again, if that's how Charles Barkley feels, that's entirely his right. But, ugh, ugh. I mean, that would suck, wouldn't it? Charles Barkley remains, I think, the best analyst going today. And I know people can nitpick at him. I know that he has certain biases out there. He's certainly not the most analytically inclined analyst. And you listen to guys like J.J. Reddick, certainly, um, and some other more recently retired players who ESPN has featured. Patrick Beverly, still active, of course, was excellent on ESPN during the NBA playoffs this year. Listen to those guys. And yeah, they are more plugged into today's game. And I think J.J. Reddick certainly pays attention to every little thing and is much more attuned to what people are saying online and looking at the game in more of a new age and holistic fashion and really up with the current trends on the game, a way that somebody like Barkley probably isn't. But Charles Barkley is still the best at what he does because A, he's entertaining. And never forget, this is about entertainment first and foremost. And right along with that, B, he is really opinionated, is not afraid to rip teams, is not afraid to rip players, is not afraid to rip coaches. And again, that's what this that's what this is really about. This is about entertainment, being opinionated, and that's what Barkley does so well. And I would just say, if Charles Barkley leaves for Live Golf, does he really want to be money whipped by the Saudis that much? I mean, really, does Charles Barkley need the money that much? I know that you may want to get paid an ungodly amount of money to work for Live Golf, but do you really need to be money whipped by the Saudis that much? I mean, what a loss it would be for us if Charles Barkley left inside the NBA. And, you know, again, maybe this is what he wants, but I have to imagine that after a little bit, being irrelevant in the live golf world would probably get a little old for Charles Barkley as well. He would maybe miss the juice that comes from inside the NBA as well, because if Charles Barkley was sick of it and just wanted to retire, he could have done that years ago. Again, believe me, he's not working for the money anymore, 
Though I will say, and this is a little separate from Barkley, but I am a little tired of the over-the-top moralizing that many do when it comes to live golf. Listen, as an out gay man, I have no warm feelings for the Saudis whatsoever. And that's another reason why, actually, I have warm feelings for Charles Barkley. A couple weeks ago, Barkley said he was making an appearance in Lake Tahoe at a celebrity golf tournament. He was up on the stage during an event. He grabbed the mic and said, if you don't like gay or trans people, F you. And I loved hearing that. I mean, I lo- that is the most succinct way possible to support LGBTQ people, something that Barkley has done for the entirety of his career. So I love Charles Barkley. And I have no love lost for the Saudis at all. But, you know, I hate to break it to you, but Live Golf is not the only entity that is funded by, mm, let's just say, some questionable or bad actors, right? I mean, they're not the only sports league that takes money from really bad actors and not the only corporation that takes money from really bad actors. So, the Saudis are terrible. I think that anybody who does join up with Live Golf, whether as a player or commentator, should answer questions about how they feel about taking Saudi money. But let's just not limit it to them. I think the attention that's been placed on Live Golf has kind of become, outweighs, I think, has kind of become a little too much. And I think we should reel it back in. And if we're going to apply this pressure to Live Golf and people who take the Saudi money, then we should do that to everybody else as well, because few people are innocent here of not taking blood money, except me, except me. I did this all pro bono. Uh, So thank you all for listening to another episode of the Sports Media Mayhem podcast. Against my better judgment, my Twitter DMs are open. So if you have any show ideas, guest ideas, hit me up on Twitter. My username is at AlexDreamer1. That again is at AlexRumor1. So long, everybody. We'll talk to you next on the show next week.